What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Today, we're talking about Neuralink, Elon's brain chip company. I'm here in San Francisco. Just got back from the Neuralink event last night, which was the inaugural event where Elon basically took the veil off of this top secret or sort of stealth mode startup project he's been working on called Neuralink, which is essentially a company that is getting ready to put chips in our brains. I think this is the future of digital interaction. I mean, right now, we're already becoming cyborgs with our smartphones. You know, we're interacting with the internet, with our personal hard drive device constantly and the entire limitation of that interaction is based on how much data we can input and output from these devices. And so Neuralink is essentially this next generation chip that basically puts the internet or a computer in your brain, massively increasing that data outflow. Uh, they're going to start by trying to cure diseases, but I think this has implications into the consumer realm of technology that cannot be ignored. And I think as much as you, and I'm excited about Tesla and Investor in the company and SpaceX and colonizing space, I mean, those are incredible companies and missions, but Neuralink after last Last night's event, I think, actually has similar potential in terms of market cap and impact to humanity and may even impact your life more than Tesla or SpaceX will in the future. And in, in different ways, of course, but it, it's just incredible to think about. So in this episode, this is a lot of this is over my head. There's We're talking about complex artificial intelligence, biology, chip design, new material design, all sort robotics, uh, surgery, all sorts of stuff that I know nothing about, but I'm going to do my best to basically give a recap of what happened at the event and then what technology Neuralink's building, what the roadmap for the company is. And then towards the end of the episode, I want to give my analysis on how big of a company this could get, You know what I think this looks like as a company in 10, 20 years when they really brought some of this stuff to market. So the event is, you know, pretty much classic Elon Musk Tesla event style. They held it in Golden Gate Park at this beautiful like conservatory museum kind of thing. Um, really fancy. All these really smart people were there. Of course, it's like 45 minutes or an hour late, classic Elon Musk style. I feel like I'm going to like a Kanye West concert every time I go to an Elon event. Always, always late. Uh, but we get into this like basically, you know, amphitheater or like theater thing with this crazy like wall that was all a screen. Um, and then the first thing that starts is this really trippy video about, you know, neurons. What is the neuron? How does it work? Um, firing signals, all of this stuff. And then of course, um, Elon Musk comes on stage to give his opening remarks. And so Elon Musk starts out ba very basically, you know, explaining this, the, the concept of Neuralink. What is Neuralink? We want to start out by understanding and treating brain disorders. We want to preserve and enhance your own brain. Um, and in the future, he goes on his little rant about how eventually we want to merge with artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is going to get so, so smart that we're either going to get left behind if we don't merge with it or it's going to control us, etc. It sounds dystopian, sounds sci-fi, but I think there is something to this. And the whole point of Neuralink longer term is that we can actually integrate artificial intelligence into our brains and basically achieving this symbiosis with artificial intelligence algorithms. I don't really understand beyond that but that is the crazy vision and future of Neuralink. But um, and, and, and Elon Musk actually gives this really interesting stat that's like, if you if you don't die from like heart disease or cancer, then there's a really, really good chance what hits you in old age is the brain. And so they're trying to basically tackle this, this incredibly huge problem of figuring out what is happening on our brain, why is it deteriorating, and how can we stop that? And so the basic principle of Neuralink is that 
is all comes down to neurons. That's why it's called Neuralink. So neurons represent information in the rate, statistics, and precise timing of spikes. Our goal is to record from and selectively stimulate as many neurons as possible across diverse brain areas. So essentially, the, the whole principle of, Neur of Neuralink is that you have these neurons firing and that's creating these you know, signals and actions that your brain then turns into you know, motor functions and all this kind of stuff. So basically, they wanna have a chip that can send these uh, electrical impulses in from the chip, from the computer, to actually start controlling your body with the computer. I mean, this is, it's, it's insane, but it all boils down to these electrical pulses um, and neurons and, and getting these neurons to fire when you want them to fire by sending in electricity to the brain. So that is sort of the core, you know, tenet of Neuralink is how can we tap into your neurons and get them to fire where and when we want. So they have three goals with Neuralink. Increase by orders of magnitude the number of neurons you can read and write to in safe, long-lasting ways. And at each stage, produce devices that serve critical unmet medical needs of the patient. And they want to make it as simple and automated as LASIK. So one thing to briefly unpack here is... And this is an argument I got into with my dad, actually, who is a doctor and scientist, is that, okay, so we don't understand the brain. So how can we plug in this device and start con controlling and manipulating the brain if we really don't understand it? Well, I think Neuralink is, is creating this different approach. First of all, I didn't know that there's already ways that we're creating, you know, this brain chip implant field has been around for a hundred years and, and we're building on top of a, a wealth of scientific knowledge and work that's been done on brain machi machine interfaces to get to this point. So I think there's already a precedent for this sort of technology. But the other thing is, is, is a big goal of Neuralink seems to be learning, mapping the brain. That's actually their goal is to put as many sensors in the brain as possible and collect data about what is happening so they can actually figure out and start mapping what is going on in your brain. So it's, it's almost more about learning about the brain rather than solving problems, at least in the first stage of the company, or that, that's kind of what I'm understanding. And this last point, make it as simple and automated as LASIK. This is something I want to touch on later, but this is probably the most overlooked part of the presentation, in my opinion. They want to make this super, super easy. Instead of getting into, you know, spinal surgery where you have your head tilted, you have to go, they have to cut open your brain and skull and it's hours and you actually require a neurosurgeon to do it. They want to automate this surgery to make it super cheap, to make it super easy. You go in and out in one day, you get the chip implanted, the procedure is done. I mean, this in terms of cost, in terms of not needing a million neurosurgeons to get this done is a a huge, huge fundamental breakthrough to making this a mass market product, but we're going to get more on that later. So what the hell is this actual chip thing? This is basically what it looks like compared to a human hair. So that's the chip right there in very simplistic form, that little blue thing. And those little hairs or threads is what they're calling them, which is a very, you know, and, and they've actually made a ton of different innovations. They were talking in the talk, but these threads are far, far smaller and thinner than the typical threads that have been put in brains before. They're also uh, much more cutting edge materials that allow them to be more flexible and integrate with the brain better. So the idea here is that there's much lesser impact um, and sort of like you're not putting these huge, huge wires in the brain. They're much smaller, so there's less of a chance of something going wrong because obviously your brain's super sensitive. But that's what it looks like. It's this little chip with all these with all these hairs or threads that are poking out to different parts of the brain. And you can have several of these different chips with you know each a thousand threads on different parts of the brain depending on what you need it for. Then this is the craziest part of the innovation, is this robot thing. And this is actually, I got to see, they had a bunch of these devices on display after the event, so I got to look at them. But this robot actually goes in and you can't, I mean, these threads are way smaller than a human hair. So how are you going to place them exactly where you want on every single electron? You're not going to do that manually. You need a robot. So they had to literally invent a robot to perform this surgery. But this is part of the reason why they can automate it and make it as cheap as LASIK because it's a robot doing it. But this robot essentially goes under your scalp. It's pretty creepy and weird. But like 
is using this incredibly precise mechanism to place exactly all of these threads exactly where you need them in the exact right part of the brain so that all the threads are in place so that you can start sending signals to which threads you want. And so this is sort of the big unlock and innovation that Neuralink has here is the robot that is enabling these micro placement of electrodes. And then they give this slide just for size comparison. You can see that the needle at the end of it, that's next to a penny. You can barely even see the needle, which is threading um, or putting those different threads in the brain. So it's such a, such a small procedure, it's, it's incredible. And then this is the spikes. These are the neural spikes. This is the sort of activity readout that Neuralink is seeing. They have to process this and figure out you know, what is going on based on all of these spikes. But this is the data readout of each electron or neuron in your brain. You know, And every spike is when it's firing because there's like an action event that's occurring. And so then you can start to understand what is causing those action events which parts of the brain are impacting with those actions and, and, and so forth. But this is sort of what the data looks like. Then Elon Musk wraps up his part of the presentation by basically saying that this is a recruiting event. That this I think is a fascinating insight into how they think about the company, how early it is, you know, what stage they are, how much how disruptive this is, how new it is. Um, because I was curious, like, what is this event? I, I was invited. I'm a YouTuber. There wasn't really any press people there. Like, I kind of fell out of place. I was definitely one of the dumbest people in the room, which I love. Like, it was awesome to just be surrounded by all these incredible smart people. And most of them didn't even seem like they wanted to talk to me because they were working on more important and, and other things. And then I realized after the event, it's because it was really a recruiting event. They wanted to get all these young, smart people excited about joining Neuralink. That's the point of the event. They want smart people to come work there. Um, and so they put up this slide. And Elon really mentions that that's the whole point of this. You want to tell people what we're working on because we want to attract the smartest engineers. I'm, I'm sure if you know this, if you're watching the channel, but Tesla and SpaceX are the number one and two desired places to work if you're an engineer in the world. Elon Musk has this incredible skill of bringing together all these different engineers from all these different disciplines and actually making them work on something incredibly exciting and, and forward thinking. And I think that is really the breakthrough of Neuralink is um, I'm going to go through all the, the, you know, there was four other people who came on stage to present after that, but there were so many different disciplines that had to be united to actually bring this together. And they're so smart people. They're all the leaders in their field. I mean, this is what Elon Musk does so well is he gets the smartest people in the world motivated on a team together with a plan to tackle the problem. He's really orchestrating it all. The result of this is that what Neuralink is bringing to market is so much superior and moving so much faster than anything in this space because, you know, traditionally the medical space, academia is moving so, so slow. It's super fragmented. No one's getting anything done. So I think the one of the biggest breakthroughs of Neuralink is actually the business model structure. Structuring this as a venture-backed startup with someone like Elon Musk, who's a visionary, who can fund the first hundred million of it out of pocket, who can hire the best people, who can get the people excited, who can align them with stock options, who can align them with this exciting goal of moving fast, bringing things to patients quickly. This is a key incentive unlock that makes Neuralink able to move much faster and be much more disruptive and hire much smarter people than basically anyone else in their field. And that's why they're going to do things that have never been done before. And so they go up. Uh, the next person that comes up is Max, who is the president of Neuralink. I hadn't heard much or done much research into him, but he seemed incredibly sharp, basically does this overview of the rundown of how they're thinking about the brain and how they want to interact with it. So he gives this really, I think, simple slide, but awesome for those of us who are just trying to figure it out. Brain machine interfaces, essentially this feedback loop that allows you to take information from the outside world, process it, and then process it into a reaction or uh, of your body and do something back in the physical world. And so, and, and their whole thing here is, 
can we figure out based on when your neurons are firing, what is actually happening in the brain and basically make sense of all of this data that we're collecting? Because it's as much initially, like I said, about controlling your brain, but also about learning about the brain. What part is doing what, you know, which neurons are firing where and when, what action signals are being provoked, all of that. And so there is this really interesting uh, study that he cites from about 2003, and he makes a joke saying like some of the people who wrote it might be in the audience um, about how you can actually start to predict with a number of action signals and different neurons, you know, which part of the brain is doing what. So even though we don't understand how the whole brain works all at once, we do understand how parts of it are working and what they're doing or how they're manipulating your body in certain ways. So we're starting to build this loose understanding or map sort of of the brain. Um, and this is getting more into the actual device and how it works. So to, to get into the brain and actually start signaling these, uh, these neurons and making them fire, you have to put these electrodes in the brain to send electrical you know, energy to, to when you want an action signal to occur. And so this is the slide that basically shows why do we have to go under the brain? Why did we actually need to be in the brain? to do this because they came up, their research shows that you have to be 60 microns or something like that away um, from the actual neuron or the, the, to, to make it fire with the electrical impulse. So it's a very, very precise science. Like that's why they need such such thin threads placed so perfectly right next to the correct neuron. And then that is what enables them to have this, this very precise control of the brain. But like you said, like you literally have to put this thread right next to the neuron and it has to be within your brain. This sounds crazy and it sounds insane, but it's building on a hundred years. Well, this slide shows 50, but one of the other pres presenters said 100 years of research, starting with the cochlear implants, which allows deaf people to hear. Um, and then you can get, slowly go through all these different, you know, basically early sort of archaic uh, barbaric, I guess you could say, brain-machine interfaces. And so the two leading ones are the Utah Array and the deep brain sim stimulation. Um, there's a bunch of different problems with these that make them a lot like l super expensive, super hard to install, very hard to maintain, um, just kind of like rudimentary technology. And so, but but what I think is interesting and important here is Neuralink isn't coming out of the blue. This isn't something that they just decided. This is something that's been incredibly advanced science that's been worked on in academia for decades and decades. And finally, thanks to advances in chip design, thanks to advances in software, thanks to all this research and new understanding of the brain, we can take this brain machine interface and, and build it into a next generation legacy technology. And that's what Neuralink has. So what they want to do and solve these problems is something that's completely wireless. You don't need to be plugged into a huge machine. Um, the, the, the lifespan isn't just a year. You know, if you want to implant this chip in your body, it's got to last for a long, long time. So they want to make it to last years to decades to a lifetime potentially. And they need to have bandwidth. It's all about practical bandwidth. The limitation that Elon Musk says for our ability to interact with AI and the internet and basically go symbi symbiotic with AI is that we have to have extremely high bandwidth. And so that's one of the goals of Neuralink. The data inflow and outflow has to be massive and it has to be usable at home, has to be convenient, has to just sort of have this Apple-esque just works. You don't need to go into hospital, be plugged in, have an assistant there, because if you have an assistant there who's helping use the Neuralink, then you still need to have someone with you. What problem is it really solving? So one of the reasons that Elon Musk is so brilliant, I mean, he's taking all of this scientific, you know, incredible technologies, packaging it into a product that actually is simple to use. That connection from breakthrough technology all the way to making the consumer experience good is magical. And I've, I've very few entrepreneurs I've ever seen can do it as well as Elon Musk. And I think this is just an example of that to the next level. And so they've been designing four iterations of the chip already, it looks like, or of the device. And so you can see here are the, the ones they have all the way to the right is, is the newest version of the device. This is what it looks like without the casing on it. This is the actual sensor. This is basically the thing that inputs all the data from all those thousand threads and figures out what is happening. This is the chip that is in your brain. I mean, this it looks so, so black mirror. The first version is going to be called the N1 sensor. Um, this is what they want to bring to market as soon as possible. It's so they're going to be their first consumer product, I guess, for medical needs, though. But this is what it looks like, the Neuralink chip there, stacked into the sensor that's hermetically sealed, placed into the brain. 
just to reaffirm, this is how they, they show you there's that chip right there. And then th this is with the threads going out of it. Um, so you can just see how those threads work. And these threads on that black thing right there, those are yet to be placed on the brain. So that's what the robot is going to go up. This robot right here is going to go up and pick up each one of those little strands one by one and place them exactly where they need to be placed. And so this is how the process works. It's insane. And then at the end of it, you have the N1 implants. This, this N1 implant shows four sensors, each with like a thousand threads going out of it. And they each have a little cord that goes back to behind the ear where you tap in that, this white sort of, or I guess it can be white or black device, this little chip Bluetooth sensor thing, which is called the link. And so here's a real world picture, I guess, of what the link would look like. And it's, it's brilliant design. It's Bluetooth. The second you disconnect it, it turns off the device. So first of all, it's wireless. That's huge. You don't need to plug anything into the brain. But the second point, uh, advantage of that is if something's going wrong, if you don't like your device, if you don't like the way it's working, if it's malfunctioning, bam, two seconds, I've unplugged my device and I'm no longer activated the Neuralink. It's no longer powered. So I think that's really interesting. The other part of the user interface that is brilliant is of course, they're going to have a compatible app with all of this um, so that it's going to work with the app, be super easy to use. I mean, software first, this is the future. Of course, you got to have an app. And the other thing here, you may notice how it's like the third screen there is showing like this hand moving and training thing. So they kind of de describe how it's going to take, you have to like learn how to use the Neuralink once it's in your brain. It's like learning how to ride the bike for the first time or learning how to play, do Kung Fu or like jog, like you have to like, or walk, you have to practice it. And then eventually your brain will learn and adapt. And another part that they mentioned in the presentation, which I thought was really interesting is that your brain will actually adapt to these devices over time and slowly learn and, and basically change itself around them. So I think that's kind of crazy and scary. So this is the part that I think is most exciting. So what will this actually be able to do when it's implanted in your brain? Essentially, it'll give you the ability to use a mobile device, use a keyboard, or use a mouse. So I can basically have a Bluetooth keyboard, but it's not a keyboard, it's just my brain thinking stuff. Why does this matter? Like if you have a disease like Parkinson's where your brain is super sharp, but your body functions are going down, like this is why Parkinson's is one of the first use cases for Neuralink, because now we can have a thing that allows you to control your computer, allows you to control your phone without needing to move your hands. It makes you so much more productive and just improves the quality of life so, so much by just these simple little motor functions and being able to interact with a computer. This is the crazy part of the presentation. They announced they want to be in clinical trials in 2020, forward-looking statement, FDA approval needed, but they want a first in-human clinical trial by next year. They want to get these devices implanted into someone's brain, try it out, start working with it. I mean, they're moving so, so fast. It's incredible. They did say that it's not going to be that LASIK-like robot surgery first. It's going to be like old-school brain surgery for the first patient. So keep that in mind if you want to sign up. But this is really, really exciting. So they want to go first in human clinical study 2020. The primary indication is quadriplegia. So basically, if you're a paraplegic from uh, paralyzed with your spinal cord, they want to basically be able to implant the Neuralink device, make you way more productive, be able to integrate with electronics and computers. Um, it's going to have four 1024 channel sensors, closed loop feedback, um, fully wireless, able to use at home. And so this is going to be the first application of the device. Basically, if you're paralyzed, they want to start being able to allow you to control your computer and basically talk to people. You could text, you could type, you could send emails. And eventually they do talk about how eventually once they get this much, much better in future versions of the technology, they want to make it so good that you could actually think I want to move my hand and move your hand, even if you're paralyzed, like this could solve paralysis in theory. And so that is the first application that they're going after. Okay. So now let's talk about Neuralink, the business, the startup. What is this thing? According to Crunchbase, the company's raised about $224 million to date, was founded in 2016 in just three years. My guess is Elon Musk funded a ton of this out of pocket. The company has a ton of open job posting on its website. I mean, they just held this huge event just for recruiting. They have, they're bringing people together from all sorts of, you know, biotech, academia, software, chip design, all to 
together in-house, bring this incredibly world-class, cutting-edge team to start building and producing these devices. And why I think this is so exciting as a startup, getting to the future potential of, of what this is. I mean, one of Elon Musk's, and actually this is Elon Musk's idea on the Joe Rogan podcast, he said is like, you could predict the success of any social network by its limbic resonance. Basically, how much of our body can we input and output from this, you know, digital neural net, whatever, whatever you want to call it, social network. So, you know, words are one thing. Photos are a little better. Video is a little better. The more immersive you get, the deeper the connection. And it's all limited by data flow. We're basically already cyborgs with our iPhones. You know, I want to take a picture. I do this. Take a picture. I want to relive a memory that I can't fully remember myself. I have a video of it on my phone and I go back. This is like my personal hard drive. And it's my personal way that I connect with the AI or singularity, whatever you want to call it, the internet. And so I just think taking a, a high level step back, you have to think about how do we interact with technology? How does that change? I have so many, like my biggest pain point in life is back problems because I'm editing stuff on my computer constantly and I'm always on my computer typing like this or not like this. Like it's just, I feel so archaic and lame. If I could have Neuralink in my brain and just interact with a smartphone, Google things, edit my videos just in my brain without having to type, like I could be so much more productive. I wouldn't have any more back pain. I could edit things so much faster. I could research things so much faster. I think Steve Jobs once said the laptop is like a bicycle for the mind. You know, my theory and analogy is that the Neuralink could be like a hyperloop for the mind. And so I think this eventually could disrupt Apple. And, and that's the biggest thing about Neuralink is, you know, we won't need a smartphone anymore if we have a personal hard drive and a way to connect to the internet in our brain. And so that is why this is such a big idea and such a big concept. Everyone's like, what's the next smart platform? What comes after the smartphone? Is it the smart glasses? Is it the smart contact lens? Maybe, or maybe it's some sort of brain machine interface that allows us to interact with the digital world seamlessly. And I, th that's super far away. And of course, everything with Neuralink is super far out. This is so early stage. It's so ambitious. It's such a savage goal that like, it could totally fail, of course. I mean, th that, that goes without saying almost, but I think you've got to, the flip side of that is how big could this be? How exciting could this be? I think this goes so far beyond solving medical conditions and actually pushing forward our boundary to our, our symbiosis with the digital world and with artificial intelligence. And so when you think about the future, I mean, this is so black mirror. This is so like, I want to take a picture right now, Psh, picture taken. I want to record a video video recorded, stored in my brain. I can access it whenever I want. I could send it to someone. Will I be sending it on the Instagram app, but over the Neuralinks? Maybe that cuts out Apple. So there's there's so many exciting ways this can evolve. If I had one question for Elon Musk and the Neuralink team, it would be what does the mass market version or you know model three version of the Neuralink device look like? Okay, the N1 is this thing trying to uh, solve spinal patients, but what is the mass market version? What's the thing that millions of people are going to want to install that consumers get, not because it's a medical need, but because it's a consumer product? What does that look like? I think that is so, so fascinating. Shout out to William, who was at the event, who actually gave me that idea for that question. To sum it all up, what I mean, what, what I'm trying to get at here is when we have this device, the potential limbic resonance, our data inflow and outflow from our digital devices could go up 100x, 10x, 1000x. And that unlocks, has such a long tail of unlocking so much disruption, so many possibilities, changing the way we interact with the digital world and the real world around us in so many different ways that I think it's 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 just mind boggling to think about if this solves how big of an impact this could have, how much of our lives this will change. I mean, they're even talking about telepathy, like literally thinking a thought on your Neuralink, setting it through the internet to someone else, be a new form of communication that humans have never had before. It sounds crazy. I mean, telepathy, this is stuff out of the sci-fi books, but it actually is getting closer and closer to reality with Neuralink. And so 
I had this like really weird sort of eerie sci-fi feeling at the event the last time that I was at like the start of this really weird, crazy dystopian future. And we are, and we're living in it. And Neuralink is coming whether you like it or not. And I think this is building on, you know, decades of brain machine interface research. It, of course, it makes sense that BCIs or brain computer interfaces, brain machine interfaces are going to rapidly improve. You take the improvements in Moore's law, software algorithms, chip design, you know, our understanding of biology, our understanding of the brain, data science, you combine this together. And of course, it's ripe for disruption. Of course, this device makes sense. Of course, I mean, to see the surgeon come up, who is the third presenter, I think, and say like, I feel powerless treating these brain disorders. We have no way to tackle them. But Neuralink actually provides the only way in the world that I know of to have a chance at solving these diseases. I mean, this is an unprecedented step forward in not just our, you know, humans having a chip in them, but also in in medical technology and our understanding of the brain, the amount of research and insight that's going to come out of the data that Neuralink gets about the brain. We're going to learn so, so much. And I guess a, a really crazy theory that I have is, will the future be equitable? You know, if they can only make a certain number of these devices at first. They're probably going to be super, super expensive. Like if you get this device and it really makes you that much smarter, like superhuman intelligence with artificial intelligence embedded in your brain and the internet, like it's kind of scary about how much of an advantage. I mean, I think of how much, how much of an advantage do I have with a laptop and a smartphone over someone who doesn't have one as an entrepreneur? It's night and day. The Neuralink versus that could be an even bigger gap. So that someone asked that at the event, and I don't think they have a good answer just because it's so far away and it's such a big problem to tackle. And it's like, well, it's got to happen. Like, we got to build a small amount first. Someone's got to get it first. That's just how it works. But I think that's a really interesting way to think about this is this technology is so, so powerful. How do we make sure the future is equitable uh, um, with this technology? And that's the other thing. I, I I really I went into this event thinking like, this is going to be scary. Neuralink's horrible. I'm never going to get it. And I left the event thinking I'm probably going to have a Neuralink in me before I die. So that's pretty crazy. That's one of the reasons I think this could be such a huge company. I'm so tired of having back pain from typing on my computer that that alone would almost I'd pay five grand to do the Neuralink. And if it's a LASIK procedure that can be done in a day for super cheap price, I mean, they're breaking down so many so many barriers barriers here. Um, and uh. I mean, this is, just think about it, you know, how big, how big of a company is Apple building the devices that we use as our personal hard drive and to connect the internet? Neuralink could disrupt that and be the next generation. So that's why I'm thinking like, yes, this has trillions of dollars of market cap potential. And that's just the consumer side. That's not the solving medical needs side, which is just as big. So, so much excitement here. The main goal of the event was to recruit people, I guess. So I didn't really feel that need. I mean, I'm going to be, they recruited me to cover it on my YouTube channel for as long as it goes on, because I think this is so, so fascinating. So of course, I'm going to be following the story here on HyperChange, but also wanted to tell you guys to go apply to Neuralink. If you're a software engineer, if any of this sounds interesting, I'll put a link in the description to the website where you can see their job postings. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of the most exciting opportunities in the world to join such a crazy, exciting startup at the ground floor of, you know, I mean, Elon Musk, it's it's mind boggling to think it actually made me more and more bullish on Tesla to be at this event because you just realize how much in a league of his own Elon Musk is his power to bring these people together that are leaders in academia or in their industries and get them to work on these cutting edge problems all as a team and push forward and just create new industries. I mean, it's this is the guy that I want to be invested with. I think that's another side note. But anyway, recap of the Neuralink event. I mean, so much to process. I'm going to have so much more content to make on this. Would love to know what you think in the comments below. But my biggest takeaway is that A, the Neuralink isn't as scary as it seems. It's going to come super slowly. It's going to take time. We're going to know it's coming. But once it gets here, it could be changing the paradigm of how we interact with technology forever. We could actually all have chips in our brains in 50 years, just like Black Mirror, whether you like it or not. That's the future that I, that I think 
that one of the smartest people in the world is building. And so whether you like it or not, it's coming. Anyway, this is hyperchange. I would totally invest in Neuralink. I think the company is probably going to be valued at 1 billion, 2 billion, just even though they have no revenue or anything. Um, it, it's an R&D company at this point, but there's so much potential, so much amazing technology being worked on already. They're coming out with new chips every three months. Uh, the rumors are, I think they're going to try and set up and build a huge facility somewhere in the Bay. They're testing this on monkeys already, which sounds crude, but that's kind of the way this this research is done. And so there's monkeys with chips. Elon Musk even said at the end of the event, like let it slip that they've had a monkey control a computer with his brain already. I mean, this could already be working. Like it sounds like a crazy sci-fi event, but somewhere 30, 50 miles from here is a lab with a monkey with his chip in his brain controlling a computer built by Neuralink already. That's happening today. Mind blown. I'll leave you guys with that. This is HyperChange. Huge shout out to our Patreon producers for supporting the channel and make uh, giving me the budget to be able to attend events like these, cover them for you guys, give you that information. It means so much. Thank you guys. I'll see you guys next time. 